Hello and welcome to another edition of Flashpoint. I'm your host, Ryan Mills. During our last episode featuring AFPM President Chet Thompson, we wrapped up 2017 and took a look ahead to 2018 in the world of refining and petrochemicals, and more broadly, the energy industry as a whole. Now more than a month into the year, I'm joined by Dan Brulette, Deputy Secretary of the Department of Energy, to discuss the department's priorities, goals, and agenda. Deputy Secretary, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Ryan. You were confirmed just last August. Can you talk a bit about what your first six months have been like and also tell us a bit about your background and what brought you to your current role? Sure, Ryan. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to be with you and your listeners today. Um, it has been a, uh, a whirlwind of activity for the first six months. Um, uh, to call the job intense is really the, to be, that's to understate the role, is really a it's a great opportunity for, for this administration to make a real difference in the world of energy policy. It's an honor to serve this president and uh, to serve this secretary, Secretary Perry. Um, a little bit about my background. I, um, I started working uh, in the political arena, if you will, after a stint in the Army. I was uh, in the active Army along with my wife. And uh, I started working on, the, on Capitol Hill as part of the Energy and Commerce Committee. I spent a fair amount of time up there. Um, so I got a bit of an energy background, and then from there I actually served in the first part of the Bush administration as an assistant secretary of energy, um, doing some policy work uh, within the department. And then uh, from there I went into the private sector, and I also served as a state regulator down in Louisiana, part of the uh, Energy and Mineral Board there. So uh, it's been a, a great run in the energy in the energy space, if you will, and uh, I uh, wound up back here at the Department of Energy because um, Secretary Perry and the President asked me to join the administration and I jumped at the opportunity. So you mentioned this is your second stint at DOE, uh, the first being with the Bush White House. Uh, what would you say are the biggest differences between this administration's approach to energy and the Bush administration's? And what are some of the biggest energy market differences? Well, uh, Ryan, the world is a much different place uh, than it was, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Um, when I was here at the Department of Energy back in 01 and 02 and 03, uh, we were um, focused on the importation of energy uh, here in America. Uh, we spent a lot of time looking at how we might, uh, you know, incentivize our national and international partners um, to help us with our energy needs. Uh, what I mean by incentivize, we were trying to get them to sell us uh, energy at a much cheaper price. The world has changed dramatically, as you know, uh, since that period. Uh, we are now uh, in the very fortunate role of being a, an energy producer, and uh, more importantly, uh, we're about to uh, become a net energy exporter in the United States. And that's just a very different position for uh, America to be in. And as a result, our, our policies have changed quite dramatically. Um, President Trump is very much focused on uh, energy dominance, what he refers to as energy dominance. And what that means is um, sharing the abundance uh, that we have here in the U.S. with our allies across the world. Uh, the President believes very firmly, uh, as does Secretary Perry, that energy security is national security. And uh, we are working hard to ensure that our allies uh, have diversity of supply of energy, uh, that they have the energy security that we are now enjoying here in the U.S. So our policies are beginning to reflect that change, if you will. 
So you just sort of alluded to my next question. Um, in his recent State of the Union address, President Trump made a declaration that the war on American energy is over. Obviously, the war he's referencing there was a nod to the previous administration's reverence for heavy, heavy regulation. Uh, can you expound on the message and uh, this message and the approach DOE is taking to support the American energy industry, uh, specifically for our listeners, the refining and petrochemical manufacturing industries? Sure. Um, so what, what we're doing and what the president has directed us to do in places like the Department of Energy and uh, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, as well as the Department of Energy, uh, all three of us have roles uh, related to energy policy. Uh, he wants us to remove any regulation that has any, any stifling uh, impact, if we will, on innovation. Uh, in other words, we want to free up uh, entrepreneurs um, to do the things that they do best frankly, to do the things that government doesn't do well at all. And uh, so what we're doing here at the DOE uh, is looking at those regulations to see what it is that we can do uh, to achieve that mission. I'll just give you one quick example of what we've done here. Uh, It is related, uh, this particular example is related to LNG. Um, So not really, uh, you know, uh, uh, related to oil and gas or oil, I should say, uh, in a sense. But, you know, we looked at some of the regulations to begin the process uh, here in the U.S. to build an LNG facility, you would normally have to start here at the DOE, and we would do what was referred to as an economic analysis. And basically what that amounted to was to allow you to have permission from the Department of Energy, if we thought the economic analysis was good, we'd allow you to go to the next step, uh, which occurred at uh, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, or what we refer to as FERC. Um, that's where you would actually begin the permitting process. Uh, we looked at that and said, you know what, uh, that's a bit silly. You know, why would we do an economic analysis at the Department of Energy? Uh, these investors have made an economic decision to put their money at risk and to build these facilities, then by all means, they should do so. They don't need our permission to go to FERC. Just eliminating that one step saves several months, if not years, uh, out of that process. And that's money that, you know, is... Um, put to better use rather than hiring lawyers to fill out applications at some government agency. Uh, you can now move on and you know get your money where it really belongs, and that's in the marketplace. It's things like that uh, that we are looking at. They're very common-sense approaches uh, to these types of, uh, of regulation, and to the extent that we can clear out that underbrush, we will. One of the top agenda items for this administration this year is infrastructure. Uh, Obviously, President Trump outlined his infrastructure plan earlier this week. Our industries have been making the case that an infrastructure package shouldn't just include items for roads, rails, and bridges, but should also include streamlining the energy infrastructure approval process, uh, which you mentioned uh, briefly just a moment ago. Uh, Could you talk about your priorities for infrastructure? Sure. Um, yeah, we, we agree with you completely. Um, it is not just about roads and bridges and highways. Um, the energy infrastructure within America is critical to the functioning of our American, uh, American economy. So it includes uh, things like transmission lines and the electrical uh, and the electric utility space. Um, importantly for the Department of Energy, it includes things like pipelines. Um, we just went through a uh, exercise here at the, at the U.S. Department of Energy where we studied our grid, our national electric grid, and uh, we see very clearly that we have constraints on um, the fuel sources that are used for these electric uh, generation facilities across the country. And uh, more specifically in the Northeast, we're facing a, 
what I think could fairly be uh, called a, a critical concern about the availability of uh, natural gas uh, in the Northeast. Uh, so we want to see pipeline construction uh, begin all across the U.S. We think it's important for the movement of natural gas. We think it's important for the movement of uh, oil. Uh, the president has been very aggressive in approving things like the Keystone Pipeline uh, and other pipeline permits uh, throughout the country. We're going to continue to do that. Uh, we're going to work with the Congress very closely as well as they construct uh, the authorizing legislation for this new infrastructure proposal that the president uh, announced just yesterday. Uh, so we're going to be working very closely with them to identify uh, the nation's needs as we see them. Okay. My last question focuses on government research. What do you believe is the role of government in funding research? Quite simply, it's to drive discovery. Um, that's what the purpose of, of government uh, science is all about. Uh, we've got a somewhat different approach than perhaps past administrations. Um, our approach is going to be to focus on basic science. Uh, it's going to be um, to, to move away, if you will, from some of the uh, technologies that were developed over the years that are now mature and doing quite well in the marketplace. Uh, things like photovoltaic solar. Uh, if you look across the, uh, the country today, you'll see a fairly robust solar industry. Uh, you'll probably see a fairly robust wind energy as well, uh, industry, I should say, as well. Um, we think here at the Department of Energy that um, because those industries are now mature, uh, they don't really require uh, government funding or government uh, uh, science dollars, if you will. Uh, those technologies are already out in the marketplace. We want to focus on those things that are um, some refer to as blue sky. They're basic science. Uh, some examples of that would be uh, the improvement around battery technology, for instance. We have a program here at the Department of Energy called Beyond Lithium. I think uh, most of your listeners are probably very familiar with lithium-ion batteries. Uh, we think uh, lithium is great, uh, but magnesium-ion may have more promise. And uh, for battery storage, that could be a breakthrough technology, uh, not only for the um, you know electric uh, utility industry, uh, but also for uh, the automobile industry. And uh, for those listeners of yours that are in the petrochemical field, uh, as you well know, uh, automobiles are made up of a large proportion of plastic. Uh, I, I worked at Ford Motor Company for a number of years, and I know the importance of your industry uh, to that particular industry. Uh, so there's a bright future there. If we can move to a, uh, a world where, you know, um, automakers can break through some of these battery technologies and we can help them do that. We think that's an appropriate role for the Department of Energy to play and importantly for our science laboratories to play. So you'll see a bit of a shift in focus uh, from this administration to the basic sciences. Mr. Deputy Secretary, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Ryan. It's been an honor to be with you.